Hi everyone, I'm Monica Toriello and you're listening to the McKinsey on Consumer and Retail podcast, featuring wide-ranging conversations on the consumer and retail industry. Hello and thanks for joining us on this November day. There's a lot happening in the world, a lot of uncertainty, but one thing that we can count on is that the holidays are not canceled. People will find ways to celebrate the upcoming holidays, although because of COVID-19, they might have to rethink their holiday shopping habits and holiday traditions, and that obviously has major implications for retailers. And on this episode, we'll be discussing the highlights of McKinsey's fourth annual holiday retail report, now available on McKinsey.com. McKinsey surveyed more than 3,500 consumers in five countries, namely China, France, Germany, the United States, and the United Kingdom, and asked these consumers about their plans for holiday shopping. Joining us today are two of the authors of the report. First, we have Tamara Charm, a senior expert from our marketing and sales practice. Tamara is based in Boston, and in addition to her work on the holiday retail report, she's been deeply involved with the global consumer sentiment surveys that McKinsey's been conducting since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome, Tamara. Thanks so much, Monica. Very, very happy to be here. And also with us is Brian Ruadi, a senior partner based in Cleveland. Brian is the global leader of Periscope by McKinsey, which is a set of advanced analytics and software solutions that support uh, marketing and sales. Welcome, Brian. Very happy to be with you and, and talk about something that's, uh, that's a little more fun than some of the other things that are going on in the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's start um, by each of you giving me just a one sentence answer to this question. Have you yourselves started shopping for the holidays? My daughter's birthday is coming up this weekend, so I've been focusing on her birthday first. What we have started doing right now is thinking about where we're even spending the holidays because it's going to be very different than uh, it was last year. Yeah, I, I honestly haven't even had a chance to think about the holidays and the shopping for it yet beyond um, what my clients are doing. Yeah, same here. <laughs> um, so we're going to dive right into the results of your research, because like you said, tomorrow, this is an unprecedented time for all of us, right? I mean, for my family, the holidays will look pretty different this year as well than in past years. Right. And um, some of the trends are fairly obvious and expected, like more online shopping, you know, people being concerned about their health and safety when they shop in stores, etc. And we'll talk about those in a minute. But let's start with each of you maybe picking one or two of the findings that were more surprising or that you feel retailers aren't quite paying enough attention to. Tamara, do you want to start? I'll talk about one trend that I think many retailers are thinking about, but it is it's not obvious that it would happen, which unlike the three of us who have not really started shopping, a good portion, maybe a third of consumers have already started their holiday shopping during October. Um, and most of them expect to finish it during November. So this is a pulling forward of the holiday season, even as we all totally change the way we're going to celebrate. And, and we see that consumers say that as well. They'll, they'll celebrate very differently this year and oftentimes with fewer people. The ones that stood out to me um, the most were there seems to be an expectation of a decline in overall spend. And, and tied to that, I think, is you know, greater use of the big blockbuster events um, to get value, uh, you know, be able to afford the things that you'd like to have, but not maybe 
spend as much. Um, and then the second, um, which we highlighted in our Retail Reimagine report, was this notion of loyalty shifting. You know, a big chunk of consumers tried new brands, new retailers uh, during COVID. Uh, and we continue to see a trend towards um, towards shopping new stores, uh, new formats. And that's, I think, a very interesting uh, opportunity, but also, you know, um, a threat depending on who you are. One trend that I wasn't aware of is just how big Black Friday has become outside the U.S., right? And it's something that you talk about in your report, and it's something that you mentioned, um, Brian, you know, the holiday deals, uh, deal days are becoming more important. And your report says Black Friday is now the most popular deal day in France, Germany, and the U.K. Um, And when people think of Black Friday, right, they normally think of hordes of people in stores, some lining up, you know, in the wee hours of the morning to make sure they get the doorbuster deals and and all that. And that's not going to happen this year. That's not what consumers want. It's not what retailers want. How should retailers think about Black Friday and how can they best take advantage of that day? I think it certainly is becoming, you know, a, a big deal globally. In the situation that most retailers are in, where they are now having to move so much of their uh, sales through an online channel, they're worried about, you know, the the capacity to deliver product at home. Um, and whether the third parties are going to be able to get it there and whether their own warehouses can keep up with the online demand. And so one of the interesting things I've we've seen about Black Friday is, you know, folks now starting to spread out these blockbuster events. So they're uh, able to more level load their supply chains uh, and ship products in a way that doesn't create a massive, massive spike that they can't fulfill. I think we're also going to see consumers interested in participating in these events more digitally than ever. We fielded our, our research on the holiday before a lot of the recent uh, shutdowns in Europe. And there was already a lessening of folks want to, wanting to go in stores. People more wanted to go online. I think we'll see even more of that. So as consumers are wanting to participate in these events, they want to participate them in a modified way, either online or buy online, pick up in store. And I think we'll see a lot more distancing and a different way of um, delivering so that retailers not only can meet the demand safely, um, but can also manage uh, delivery inventory and their profitability. It's actually interesting. The COVID situation has really prompted a big increase in the focus on the online experience uh, for shopping and the pickup in store experience. But also now, now that folks are scrambled to, you know, create an, an environment that's actually a, you know, okay shopping experience in some cases, great. Um, now they're starting to think about how do we actually make this profitable? How do we get the cost out of the, you know, buy online, pick up in store, uh, you know, or the delivery, so that we can, you know, make money like we used to when we were running kind of stores in a traditional environment. We've seen a bunch of different reactions from different retailers. It's really forced some folks who uh, retailers that were traditionally operated in one way for a very long period of time to become much more agile. Uh, and we see a lot more aggressive moves than we've seen in the past with our clients. We've seen a lot of improvisation in how retail clients are meeting this, this renewed and accelerated demand. Um, so we see many of our retail clients actually uh, creating what they call black stores, where there aren't consumers coming into the store, but they're actually using the store as a warehouse to fulfill online orders or click and collect orders. Um, in the luxury sector, sector, we see some salespeople using WhatsApp, 
with clients um, to take them through the inventory and the merchandise, um, have people select what they want and then collect the um, items that they've bought outside of the store. So given how quickly this is all moving, improvisation and um, being able to meet the demand as it's coming is very, very important. We also see uh, M&A activity picking up as retailers and other companies identify skills and capabilities they don't have in-house um, and thinking about merger and acquisition as a way to uh, make sure that they build their capabilities quickly. I think one of the hardest challenges for retailers during this time is the lack of predictability of what demand will be. I mean, we, we forecast demand will be down, but how much and in which categories will it be down? And so how tight do you be? How aggressive do you be with promotions as we get closer to the end of the holidays? How do we manage through the inventory are tough questions that folks are dealing with at the moment. And oftentimes getting a granularity on um, insights around uh, your particular consumer base can be very important. So we've seen very different uh, reactions even to the holiday questions around reductions in spend. For example, those with lower income in the US under uh, 50,000 in income are planning to reduce more than those who are higher income. And we've seen regional differences, we've seen generational differences. China is the one place where folks said that they will increase spending this holiday season um, overall versus decrease. And that increase is happening across um, income bands that we were able to survey in China. So the closer retailers can get to their particular consumer base, even geographically, to understand where that demand is going to stay stronger and where that demand is going to change uh, will be really helpful. One of the things that was surprising to me, at least, was, um, you know, heightened price sensitivity obviously is not surprising given, you know, unemployment rates and continuing uncertainty, et cetera. But one stat that stood out to me in the report was actually people's willingness to spend during the holidays. And I quote uh, from the article, despite 42 percent of consumers reporting a slight or significant income reduction this year, 81 percent told us they would spend the same or more as last year on holiday deal events. And it does seem that people, you know, whether or not their incomes were affected are, are longing for something to celebrate, right? So maybe they'll scrimp and save during other times of the year, but they'll make holidays, you know, sort of as normal as possible. Is that your sense or is something else going on? I think there's a lot of shift towards value. So of those people who are spending, those who are shopping the holiday deal events are really going to concentrate more of their spend on those deal events. And as you said, Monica, there's likely excitement around this finding a good deal, um, but there's also an economic reality that people are in reduced circumstances. And what we've seen again throughout COVID is even those who don't have income affected are more conscious of what they're spending and care about the value of what they're spending on given the uncertainty of the times. I think there is some kind of notion of a need for normalcy. Um, and a little bit of relief from the, the pain that folks are going through around the world. I can't say this for a fact, but uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if many folks are looking forward to the holidays to have a little bit of uh, normal life uh, back. And we also see that consumers have been reducing so much spend out of home. So we all used to do a lot out of home. We used to travel much more than we did. Um, we also used to go to the movies or um, just spend other time in out-of-home activities uh, that are just not happening right now. 
So it, that, as you said, Brian, people are saving up that energy. And if there are ways to um, help themselves and help their families during this time to feel more festive, uh, we do feel consumers are really looking forward to that. One of the things you've mentioned, Tamara, earlier is that, you know, this pulling demand forward, right? You're predicting that the holiday shopping season will wind down a little bit earlier this year and that there won't be that much, you know, sort of last minute shopping. Say more about why that is and what retailers should do. How how can they pull demand forward? I think one of the things that people are thinking about is I do not want to be there during that last minute rush. I do not want to have to rely on shipping last minute. I do not want to be in the stores when a lot of other people are in the stores. So part of the pulling forward is I want to be prepared. Um, I want to find the best deals. I want to start the excitement now. I don't want to wait too long. Um, but we also do see a portion of consumers saying that, uh, that they will shop later. Um, and likely they're, they're looking to spread things out because we also do see people are saying they're, they're thinking very much about the safety of their shopping um, if they do consider going in store. And yet, you know, people are still shopping in stores, right? And and stores have already taken sort of these health and safety precautions, you know, requiring masks, putting up protective barriers at checkout, etc. What other kinds of things are retailers doing or what should they be doing to encourage in-store shopping among those people who are willing to to shop in store and to make consumers feel safe in stores? One of the things and we we learned this in our retail reimagined uh survey earlier this year uh, the consumers cared about was the ability to get in and out fast. So how do you make the flow of the store conducive to uh, a quick and easy shopping experience so you can get in there, actually see the product uh, and and get back out? I think second thing that we're seeing is um, we've seen some retailers start to put together more of a um, value oriented assortment or sections of the store where they can buy products that are a little bit cheaper, but still, you know, meet their needs uh, and putting them on end caps and those types of things so that, um, you know, it addresses the need of the consumer to be able to save money, um, whether to buy, you know, gifts for others or just because of their own uh, kind of financial situation. And just building on that, Brian, we've seen throughout uh, the pandemic, again, folks trying to make their in-store shopping count. So we've seen bigger basket size um, across sectors and holiday likely will be a piece of this as well. We've seen people say they wanna make fewer stops in in store than they did before. Um, You could imagine people used to go store to store to store. Now people are imagining how can I go to one place and get everything I need? Um, One thing I thought was interesting, uh, a grocer in the UK is starting to think about can they put picnics together? So as folks are preparing holiday meals, um, can everything be in one place, easy for people to access? As Brian said, get in the store, get out of the store with with what they need. You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, a lot of the, the kind of shopping experience is about understanding the products. And we have just trained a whole bunch of people who didn't traditionally research product online uh, to do so. Right. And so I think tomorrow, to your point, you now can you have a whole bunch of folks that know how to look up products, compare them, look at reviews that never did it in the past. And they can come in and be efficient with their buy if they actually are going in the store uh, and then get out. It makes the online kind of experience, you know, incredibly more important than it ever has been. 
and particularly the omni-channel experience. So as Brian said, people looking online, expecting things to be coordinated when they get in store and being able to then follow up with the retailer, knowing that the retailer knows not only what they did in store, but also what they did online. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more, because something that's come up, you know, not just in this conversation, but in a f- other few recent podcasts uh, is this shock to loyalty, right? During this pandemic, consumers have proved very willing to switch retail channels, switch retailers, switch brands, switch products, you know, even abandoning brands or retailers that they'd previously been very loyal to. And so this holiday season for retailers and brands, there's this element of how do I win back customers, right? And part of the answer, as you suggest, is personalization and social media engagement. Say a bit more about that. What are some ways that retailers are doing this well? And how are retailers winning back customers? One of the things we've seen consumers say uh, is driving their change in retailers is convenience. So as you think about personalization or social media, the more consumers know that a retailer is going to make things easy for them, they've got the products they want offered in a way that just makes it easy uh, will really help shoppers feel like that's the retailer that they want to go to because the retailer will help them do this efficient shopping of, you know, I can do everything I want in person or click and collect or maybe even online um, in a way that lets me get in and get out. I I would also say that, you know, whenever we have some form of a crisis, whether it's economic or in this case, health and and maybe economic at the same time, it it forces consumers to kind of break their their habits and their patterns uh, and open the aperture for where can you go to find product. And and sometimes that trial results in someone realizing that there's actually a better option out there for me. I think the the big challenge for retailers, therefore, is how do I lock back in the customers that have churned uh, to other retailers? Uh, And then, you know, for those that have gotten trial, uh, how do I make move them into the loyal bucket? The best of the folks that I've seen out there are being very aggressive with their churn analytics to understand that consumer behavior and targeting them, as you said, with you know very personalized uh, propositions to bring them back in the store and then keep them in uh, and keep the new customers. I'm going to give an example of something creative uh, through social and not necessarily holiday related, but I do think that could be inspiration. Um, So one of the things West Elm has done is work more closely with an app called Design Home. Home decorating is up overall in our home body economy. Um, What Design Home does is it really engages consumer in the design process. And then many retailers are are partnering with Design Home to be um, featured there. It's not an in-your-face way of saying, come (laughs) shop with me, but it's a way of really engaging consumers digitally um, so that uh, there's something that's fun for them to do and really does allow a connection to be built even without um, being able to go in a store. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on messaging, right, which can be very tricky for retailers at this time. You know, consumers want some normalcy, as you've said, they want to celebrate, but they're also stressed and anxious about everything going on in the world. And retailers have to strike the right balance in their marketing and advertising messages. Any advice on that front? I mean, I think there is certainly um, a notion for some segments around comfort um, and making people feel safe and and warm and fuzzy again uh, in, in this world that is very complicated. Um, I also think there is a notion of of reward uh, and relief, as we talked about before. You know, letting letting folks 
um, treat themselves um, after a very, very difficult year. And I think really what matters is kind of understanding your particular customer segment uh, and understanding what what messages, whether it be those two or some other, uh, are really going to appeal to them. Building on that, Brian, I think thinking about the particular consumer segment and thinking about what consumers do want to do during the holidays, they do want to connect with their family and their close family. Um, and it's going to look different. So understanding a little bit more about what consumers specifically in your segment are looking for and messaging around what they can do um, with with holiday and holiday shopping versus what they can't do um, will be something that could often uh, draw people in much more. The other thing I'd add, in our Retail Reimagined report, we saw for the first time you know, how the retailer treated their employees mattered to where folks shopped. And I actually think there's an important point here for retailers to make sure they're, they're sending a message about how they're taking care of their own team uh, that will build a broader brand loyalty uh, you know, to consumers. One other thing, you know, consumers are very much thinking about value right now and value in two ways. Value in terms of what are, what are they getting for their money, given that they're being so conscious about their money right now, but also values. Um, so as Brian said, you know, care for employees is something that's more top of mind for consumers in, in the pandemic. Um, but other values such as sustainability um, or eco-friendly for particular consumer segments, especially Gen Z millennials, values are becoming more important to consumers as they think about what is happening um, in this pandemic. So if a retail CEO or a whole bunch of retail CEOs say to you, you know, I think we'll make it through the holidays. It's 2021 that I'm really worried about. What should I do to position my company for success, not just for the holidays, but through 2021? What is the most important thing for my company to do? I think it depends a bit, um, to be honest, on what, what sector of retail we're talking about. For almost everybody, this kind of notion of fixing and making an exceptional omnichannel experience uh, is absolutely critical. For the apparel players and luxury players, the notion of how do I, how do I better manage inventory, uh, manage markdowns, manage life cycle of product in a world with massive uh, unpredictability, and how can I leverage advanced analytics to do that is becoming almost existential um, to, to play in the game. And so, you know, I, if, you know, if I'm them, I am moving very quickly to build those capabilities and learn how to you know, even more effectively manage myself through. And I think building on that, um, it's really important for retailers right now to think about managing at least on two speeds, what's going to happen at the beginning of 2021, as we're still um, very affected by the pandemic, what are the products people are going to be most interested in the home body economy um, what are some of the shocks going to look like? How do you understand the very granular consumer uh, geographically, income-wise, generation-wise, and what the impact will be on them um, as we go through this up and down? But then also, how do I plan for post-pandemic, post-vaccine, and the shifts that consumers might make then? And, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about, you know, omnichannel and digital and all those things. Um, the reality is uh, the investments that are needed by many retailers cost money. And the other side of the coin is retailers need to find the fuel for growth. 
uh, to invest in these things. And so they need to be looking hard at their cost structure and taking cost out that doesn't matter to you know the consumer so that they have the fuel to be able to plow back into all of these innovations uh, and rapid change that's happening. So invest in the omni-channel experience, build capabilities in advanced analytics, manage on two speeds, and take out costs that don't matter to customers. Excellent advice. That is a good note to end on. Thank you so much, Tamara and Brian, for being with us today. I wish both of you and all our listeners a safe and joyous holiday season. Till next time, this is Monica Toriello. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the McKinsey on Consumer and Retail podcast. A transcript of this conversation will be posted on McKinsey.com soon. To suggest ideas for future episodes, please email us at consumer underscore podcast at McKinsey.com. To stay connected with us, subscribe to our email updates on McKinsey.com. Thanks again for listening.